The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. Uh, If you have your Bible, you can turn it to 1 Peter 4, 7-11. If not, we'll have the, the passage up on the screen. Uh, This is an exciting morning as we begin a new ministry, and so we're going to talk about service. Uh, There were a couple announcements that we forgot to mention um, this morning. I know we got lots going on here at the the church, and that's a good thing. Uh, This Wednesday, we're starting something new in our Bible classes for our youth. And so if you're a young person, you want to get here at 6 o'clock, and we'll be feeding you uh, pizza this Wednesday uh, evening, and then we'll have a special time of sort of devotion and service and other things, and then uh, we'll have our Bible class. And so if you're a young person, be here at 6 o'clock. If not, then Tom and I will have to eat a lot of pizza throughout the week, so um, help us with that. Also, immediately after services this morning, a group of us are going to Brenham to watch the movie Risen, which is a movie about Jesus. If you would like to do that and there's still opportunity for you to do so, just let me know. But we'll need to leave almost immediately after service because we're kind of on a short time frame there, um, but we'll be taking the van, and you're welcome to, to ride in that and go up there to see that wonderful movie. Let's begin with 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm very thankful that I was raised in a Christian home. My mother made sure that that me and my brother were in church every time the doors were open. We attended worship and Bible class, and we never missed. I was also the first grandchild on my mother's side, and so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And my grandfather was an elder in the church, and my grandmother was a Sunday school teacher. And so some of my earliest memories, some of the first things I can remember are growing up and hearing my grandmother sing to me Bible songs and teaching me those Bible stories. And she used to use those, those flannel graph figures. She'd bring them home and she would tell me the stories of the Bible. And so Christianity is something that's been with me my entire life. There's never been a time when, when Christianity was not an important or integral uh, part of my life. And although I grew up immersed in Christianity... This does not mean I never had to learn anything on my own. Early on, I was taught what to believe, and I was taught what not to do. And so I had a a good understanding of the basics of Christianity. I knew what a person needed to do in order to be saved. I I understood the importance of worship and, and what should be included and what should not be included. And I knew that there were certain sinful behaviors that a Christian should refrain from, certain things that that a follower of Christ should not do. And so for many years, Christianity for me was 
what to believe and what not to do. And that was a good start, but it was not the full picture. And as I read scripture, I discovered that simply believing the right things and refraining from other things is not enough. Christianity demands more from us. It demands that we do something. It speaks, the Bible speaks often of faith and love, and faith and love are actions. They require that we get involved in the world. And so people need to be able to see our faith. They should know that we love them by the things that we do. Have you ever felt that there has to be more to Christianity? Perhaps you're faithful about attending worship services. You know, you show up on Sunday, you, you sing the songs, you, you listen to the message, you do all those things. You live a good moral life. You don't get drunk, you don't sleep around, you don't lie or cheat or steal. You live a good life. And yet you feel like there's something missing. And this can be frustrating. It's often perplexing. You think you have it all down. You think that you've covered all the bases, and yet there's something lacking. Well, Christianity is something that impacts and influences every aspect of our lives. And if we feel as if something is missing or lacking, then it probably is. We cannot limit Christianity to simply what we believe and what we do not do. Because if we do that, then we'll always feel like there's a void in our faith. And often this happens unknowingly. We go through life living part of the Christian life, but not the whole Christian life. And we may think that Christianity is, is just worship or or Christianity is just about morality. And those are important parts of the Christian faith. You have to have those. But they're not the whole. Christianity also involves service. And until we begin to serve, our lives are always going to feel incomplete. And God understood that this was going to be a struggle for us humans. He understood that we, were going to be need, that we were going to need to be reminded of this from time to time. And so this is why he gave us passages like the one we read this morning, like 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. And I want us to look at that one more time, and we're going to sort of go through this passage this morning. Peter writes, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And so this passage begins with the end. The first part of verse 7 can be a little tricky. And we don't want to spend too much time here, so let me just say one thing about it. We often think in linear terms. And so when we hear the word end, we're probably thinking uh, the end of time or the end of all things. 
And this is not what Peter has in mind. This word is talking about a goal. And so when we become a Christian, we begin a journey. And God's goal is to redeem all things. Our goal is to be like Jesus. And so this is a process that doesn't happen overnight. It's something that we constantly have to work on. And it requires training and practice. It requires discipline. This is why Peter says here, discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. And prayer is more than just saying thanks before a meal. It requires more thought than simply repeating some words or phrases that we've heard someone else say. And I'm afraid that we've reduced prayer to a few words uttered here and there. But throughout much of the history of God's people, prayer has been so much more. Uh, The Jewish people had the Shema, and so they used the words of Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5, and they prayed this multiple times throughout the day. It was the same prayer. The Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and soul and strength. And they would repeat this throughout the day, and that was their prayer. And many followers of God have used the Psalms in their prayer life over the years. The Didache, which is the earliest Christian writing outside the New Testament. It's a writing that, that probably happened at the same time of some of the, the last books of the New Testament were written. And it tells us that those earliest Christians were praying the Lord's Prayer three times a day. That was their practice. And so prayer is not just us communicating with God. It's also about us internalizing uh, scripture and allowing God to speak to us. And this is why Peter calls it a discipline. You have to discipline yourselves. And this is why followers of God throughout the many years have had certain times that they've set aside to pray. Most often this is referred to as morning prayers and evening prayers. And these are times that, that people would, would set aside in their busy life and they, they said, we're going to spend time with God here. And I think this is something that we desperately need in this busy and chaotic world that we live in. But it doesn't happen on its own. And it's something that we have to be purposeful about and we have to develop a routine that becomes part of our lives. As Peter begins to talk about things that we need to do as Christians, he begins with prayer and he calls it a discipline. Next, he turns his attention to three things that are quite similar in nature. And so they are love, hospitality, and service. He says we are to love one another because love covers a multitude of sins. He says that we are to show hospitality to one another without complaining. And finally, he says that we are to serve one another uh, with the gifts that God has given us. And so all three of these are actions. These are things that we do. And they're not exactly the same, but there is a lot of overlap between the three. Love is probably the broadest. And we typically think of love as an emotion. Sometimes it is. But most often in the Bible, love is what we do. The good Samaritan loved his neighbor by helping a dying man that was on the side of the road that was left all alone. And we show love in many different ways. We love when we feed the hungry. We love when we help the needy. We love when we take the time to listen to someone who who has a concern. 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 that, we're, that we love when we are patient and when we are kind. And so love refers to, to many different actions. Hospitality is the most specific of the three. And in ancient times, it often referred to taking someone into your home. And so travelers, if you're going to travel in ancient times, you generally relied on the hospitality of strangers. Now, we live in a much different world today. But hospitality is something that's still required of us. And it could mean inviting someone into your home for a meal. It could mean taking in a family member or friend who is just down on their luck. Hospitality is using our home and our table to show kindness and generosity towards others. And it's a constant theme throughout Scripture. Service here, when he tells us to serve one another, this this also is a broad term. It involves things that we do for others. Uh, but, But Peter clarifies what he wants us to do by saying that we are to use the gifts that God has given us. And so God does not expect of us what we do not have. He does not expect us to use talents and resources that he has not blessed us with. And so we are to work within our means. This means that that our service um, might look quite different. And so one person may be blessed with the ability to do some carpentry work, where another person is blessed with computer talents or, or something else. Whatever your gift is, whatever God has given you, whatever he has blessed you with, then you are to use that, you're to use those things to bless others. And he concludes this section by reminding us that all of this, everything is to be done in order to glorify God. And so our actions are to be saturated in prayer and performed in a manner that they always point to God. Our good deeds, the things that we do, always have a purpose. They are guided by prayer, and they are done in honor of the God of this universe. And this is important. This is extremely important because this is what makes our service different from other groups. We are partnering with God in his mission to redeem all things. Now, these things that we do are not just about God and others. They're also about ourselves. In fact, this is how Peter began the passage. He told us to discipline ourselves because our goal is near. We have a goal that we ourselves are working towards. So we were created to serve. We were created to be hospitable. We were created to love. We were created to give. Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we need to be doing these things, not just for others and not just for God, but we need to be doing these things because they are good for our soul. Loving, giving, and serving lead to a full and abundant life, a complete life. And when we forget to do these things or we neglect to do these things, we're not just missing out on part of our religion. We're missing out on something that makes us fully human. And so these actions help us in our goal to be more like Jesus. 
They make our life more complete, more fulfilling. As you already know, we're beginning a new ministry in March called Hands of Hope. And it allows us to do something for kids in our community who are in need. And I'm very thankful uh, for the vision of our elders who saw a need to do something more. And I'm also thankful um, for the many people who have been working sort of behind the scenes to, to get this up and going for the last several weeks. But there's still a lot more to do. As Bobby explained this morning, there's a financial need since this is not being funded out of our budget. And as this ministry grows, we're going to need people to help pack those lunches each week. It's, it's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of excitement at first, but this is going to happen every week. And we'll need volunteers to help with inventory. We'll need people to help deliver those sacks to the school and, and, and all kinds of things. And this is one way for you to do good. It's one way for you to serve people here in LaGrange. But it's not the only way. And I hope that you'll look for opportunities to love others and show hospitality as they arise. Most of the time, it just happens as we're doing life. You know, it's not a program that we start at the church. It's just something that we come up against in life and we see a need and we take action. I hope that you'll be aware of people around you that may need you and that you might serve. Now, I hope that you'll take these commands in 1 Peter seriously and be Jesus to the people that you meet. September 11, 2001 is a day that I'm sure we will always remember. And certain images from that day are ingrained into our memory. This is not one of those, but... Um, we all know about that day, and there may be some stories that you do not know involving this picture. Um, when the terrorist attacks began that morning, all plane traffic was diverted. And so airplanes were asked to land at the nearest airport around. And if you've ever seen one of those maps of, of airplanes, they're coming from all over the place, and it's just sort of this amazing thing, and you wonder how they don't run into each other, but they're, they're, they're everywhere. And this means that some people who were on very long trips, when they landed, they were far from their home, and they were far from their destination. There wasn't anything familiar nearby. And this affected all flights, including international flights. And so people who were flying over the Atlantic and the Pacific, they, they may have to land in a different country. And, and many planes who were coming to the U.S. had to land in Canada. And there was this small international airport in Canada that had around 50 unexpected planes land there that day. And they had thousands of passengers that needed to be taken care of. And what made this somewhat difficult is that this town was not very big. It was a town of about 10,000 people, and they had nearly 10,000 passengers and crew to take care of for a couple of days. And so over the next two days, they closed down all the schools, all the meeting halls, all the lodges, all the other large gathering places, and they used those facilities to host these people. 
And all the high school students were required to volunteer their time to take care of these guests. And doctors and nurses were on call around the clock in case anybody needed medical attention. There was a young pregnant lady who was put up in a home that was right next to an urgent care clinic. Local bakeries stayed open late to make fresh bread for the guests. Restaurants offered meals to anyone who needed it. And some people, you know, what, what are you going to do here for these two days? Well, some people were taking on tours of the local lakes and, and, and others went on hiking trips. You know, whatever your gift is. And what began as an unpleasant detour turned out to be an unforgettable experience because of the service and hospitality of strangers. The crew reported that on the return home, people were talking and visiting. Everyone knew everyone by name, and they'd never seen anything like this before. This group of passengers would never forget their time in a small town in Canada because of the kindness and generosity of others. What would happen if we committed ourselves to loving showing hospitality, and serving others. How would that change our congregation? How would it change our town? What would our community be talking about when they encountered the generosity and kindness of Christians? We can make a difference, but it's not going to happen on its own. We need everyone to get involved. We need everyone to pray. Peter says that's where it begins. It begins in prayer. We need everyone to love. We need everyone to commit to serving the people around them. And we can make a difference. We can change our community for the better. And most importantly, all of this is done in order to glorify God and to point people to Jesus. This is our mission. This is what we're called to do. Won't you join us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this body of believers. We thank you for this church here. Um, Such a wonderful family. And Father, we ask you to bless the new ministry that we're beginning. We ask you to bless us as we strive to to do the things that are outlined in Scripture and, and strive to point people to you and to show people Jesus in our lives. Father, help us to turn this community upside down, to show your love to the people around us so that they may come to know you and so that you may be glorified in all things. We're thankful for Jesus who did exactly this and gave us an example to follow. We pray all this in his name. Amen.